Enjoy yourself when you're young. Buy these things and earn this money and do it while you're young. Carl, are you the most expensive car dealership in the UK? No, we are not the most expensive. We sell very expensive cars, but they're great value for money. <laughs> so the stock you've got in here, what's the total stock? What's the value? Uh, our stock ranges. Um, I, the price I give you today might be a lot different tomorrow either way. Um, but at the minute, it's around £24 million. Pounds. Wow, of cars in this building? Of cars in this building, yep. Yeah. yeah, wow. All for sale except for, except for that one. <laughs> not at the right money? Not at the right money. So you wouldn't sell that for £10 million? Uh, yeah, I'd sell it. <laughs> but 10 million wouldn't be the right money. No. It would be the wrong money. Yeah. That's why I'd sell oh, it. that'd be the right money for you. <laughs> exactly. So, okay. Good answer. You're not the most expensive, but do you think you have we some sell of the, the most, most expensive ex- cars in the world, yes. Yeah. Is that your go- was that your goal? Um, was that our goal? No, not really. It, it, you know, my, my father started this business 50 years ago. So this is our 50th year this year. Wow. 2023 is our 50th year. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Although most of the congratulations is due to him. <laughs> um, I joined this business um, 23 years ago. So I was 12 years old when I joined this business. I come straight out of primary school, straight into business. So you, did, we, did you still go, were you still going to school? No. Nope. You left school at 12 mm-hmm. to work in this business? Yep. Oh, man. I actually think that's brilliant. Like, if I did, if I pulled my twelve-year-old out of school, mm-hmm. he's eleven, to be an entrepreneur, my wife would probably divorce me. It wasn't a thing that was pushed on me and my brother. Um, I've got an older brother who sort of done all these steps before me, if you will. He's four years older than me. Um, it was it was a choice um, that we both wanted to do, and obviously after seeing my brother do it before me, so did he. Quit school at 12. He'd done the same thing, primary school, straight into the car business, <laughs> became a, 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 a great success. And then I was like, right, I want to do that. So my dad was like, you, you, you know, what do you want to do? I told him, I said, school does not interest me. Only because when I finished school, even as a kid, I was seven years old. As soon as I finished school, I didn't run home and play the PlayStation. I came into my dad's office, couldn't wait to see what have you bought today? What have you sold today? Where's that car? Oh, he's got, mm. you know, a, a purple Lamborghini Diablo's come in today, you know, wow. and that yeah. kind of stuff. And I used to sit in the office with him until, you know, until dinner time and then bedtime. So I just wanted to do that 24 hours a day. Yeah. And, um, you know, we went from, I remember when we had probably um, 15 cars and that was, that was, that was the stock then, 15 cars. And now we carry 65 to 70 cars at any one time. You know, if we have 55 cars, we're low. We need to buy some cars. Right. And obviously the cars back then weren't the likes of, well, obviously money was different back then as well. But, you know, at this floor, there's not much on this floor that's less than a million pounds. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, 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 you just evolve. Mm. You know, we didn't set out to sell the most expensive cars in the world. It just happened. Yeah. So... Do you think other kids should leave school before 18 to pursue their dream? Um, well, I'm in this situation at the minute because I've got three kids. And I have And how old are they? Five, four and three. Right. And um, when we looked for schools for my five and four year old, like not nursery as in uh, primary schools, I didn't have a private education. I went to the local school at the top of the road that learnt me how to read, write, and 
fight. <laughs> like that was, that, that was it. And um, I didn't really want that for my kids. I wanted my kids because I feel education is really, really important. And there's times that I, I wish I was more educated academically. Um, but you know what? He says surrounded by a million yeah, you know what? I say, I say this to some people, uh, friends and customers, and they say, Carl, you, you would have never achieved what you have if that wouldn't have been the case. If you would have went to private school and went to school until you were 17 years old and then had degrees and went to college, went to university, you wouldn't be you. So, um, yeah, I do think, I think kids should be encouraged to chase their dream. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Mm. So let's talk about the car market for a bit, Mm -hmm. because since lockdown, it's been a bit mad, hasn't it? What's happened in the car market since lockdown? It's been, it's been great. Um, (laughs) Great for you, yeah. (laughs) It's been great because cars predominantly lose money. Luxury cars lose money. They always have done. Apart from the very few rare cars, luxury cars lose money. But over the last three years, there's been no new car supply. So people with used cars have been earning money or getting this, having the use for two or three years and getting the money back for their car. And it's refreshing to call somebody up and say, oh, you remember that Lamborghini you bought from me two years ago? Yeah. Well, do you want £25,000 profit? And they'll go, yep, that's fine, Carl, I'll take that. Mm. I, I love, I've loved it. Um, it's been good, really good. Have you ever seen that in your 23 years in the car business? I've never seen cars hold residual um, value as well as well as they have been. No, never. Mm. Do you think the market will soften and it will go back to normal at some point? I think we're we're always going to be playing catch up for a while because new because cars of the supply. Yeah, yeah. N- new cars are, are are extremely tough to get your hands on. Yeah. Um, although the market has softened compared to what it was. Yeah. It was, um, the market was really, 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 really good. And now it's... <laughs> or bad, depending on how you yeah, look at it. Yeah, or now it's, now it's, um, it has softened, but we're just finding our feet. It was a bit high. The market was a bit high. Yeah. Know, cars were making money, used cars were making money, where every, even the buyers were like, this is stupid. Yeah. Like watches, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's another. You'd see, you'd see some, some watches making 400% over yeah. list. Yeah. And we all knew... It was too much money. But people were still people buying them. People still bought them, yeah. yeah. I suppose if people with money can't get what they want, they spend more money to get what they want. It's the way of life. If I, if I am in the market for something and I want something and I can afford it and I want it and I've worked hard to get it, if that's the price that day, yeah. that's what I pay for it. Do you think some people, though, don't realise we're in a bubble and they think this is how it is and they're going to get caught with their pants down? I think it's, oh God, we could talk about this forever. I think there's such a mixture... I don't think people want money in their account. Yeah. So they don't want money in crypto no more because everyone's sort of seen that that's a bit dodgy. Yeah. Um, and that's so volatile. I mean, you could wake up tomorrow and crypto could be $500 a coin. It could be $50,000 a coin. Who knows? Yeah. We don't know. Um, so in regards to watches and cars, for example, Let's go back to 2008 when the world crashed and people lost money in banks and they were insured up to 80,000. You've got three million pounds sat in an account. It's gone, but there's 80,000, that was your insurance. Well, why not have that three million pounds that's not doing anything in a car that you can touch and you can feel and no one can take it off you? Mm. Okay, if it loses value, it's worth a lot more than 80 grand. You yeah, know? I actually talk about this a lot because I think it's important to have some physical assets in your portfolio. I agree. Um, this insurance thing in the bank, 
I wonder if there is a bank run, if you'd even get that 85 grand back. You'd no chance. No, I, I agree. So watches and cars, maybe they've had a benefit of a lot of people realising, well, they're, they're decentralised, they're, they're away. The government probably can't... Hard, all right, they're, they're trying to seize Andrew Tate's cars. It's probably harder to seize watches and cars than it is just shut your money down. Of course. Um, number one, there's so many benefits, though, to cars. Um, if if you're, you're not in the car business, you're not a car dealer. No. But if you were to buy a car privately and you were to have it and own it and use it and it was to go up in value, your capital gains, there's no tax on no. it. It's tax-free. Yeah. God forbid... Because it's not classed as an investment. No. God forbid you are... Same with watches, is it, I think? Same with watches. Yeah. God forbid you're 85 years old and you croak and you've got three million pounds worth of cars that's left in your estate. There's no death duty, yeah. no death tax. So all of a sudden your three million pounds is worth 40% more because there's no death duty. Yeah. So there's so many benefits to these luxury items rather than just having a really nice car to use. Yeah. So I want to talk a bit later about some specific cars that you think long-term might do well, mm -hmm. but let's just talk about some of the inventory you've got. Mm -hmm. So there's this bird here sat behind us. So that's your personal car? That's my personal car, yeah. And that's a? That's a Pagani Huayra. Oh, is that how you say it? Yeah, Huayra. Huayra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Take some learning. Yeah, Huayra. God, God of wind. Wow. Yeah. And what's that, you, you daily that? Uh, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't, well, my daily, um, my daily consists of uh, working and seeing clients. So I can't rock up to a client's house in that. I do, I do sometimes, depend on what I'm buying from them. Um, but if I'm going to buy a, you know, a, a 150, £200,000 car, I'm not going to go in my Pagani, obviously. Is that because it's not the right car to drive or you don't want to look like you've got too much money? Well, if they, they think I can afford to <laughs> yeah. pay that bit extra, yeah. they're going to charge me, aren't they? Um, but I use it when I can. And um, but So you actually do drive Oh, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, some yeah. like hypercars, you can't really drive, can you? What's the point of having something if you can't use it? I, I don't. I don't understand the point. Before camera, we were talking about the Countach. Is that yeah, how you yeah. say it? Well, there's many ways yeah. to say it. I could call it something different. <laughs> <to that>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tell us about it. You had one. Yeah, that, that, that was my dream car when I was Countach, a kid. Countach. I used Count, to say when I was a Count, kid. Count, what, how, what do you call it? I call it a Countach. Countach. But it's completely wrong, and you'll get loads of people comment and go, "We can't even say it. <laughs> it's Countach." Yeah. You know that's yeah. you know, but it is what it is. It's a piece of rubbish, is what it is. Really. Um, but. A very iconic car, and I loved it. My favourite car of all time. I, I to look at, to, to, <laughs> yeah, to have, to look at, to own, and I, I grew up watching the uh, the Cannonball Run, and um, when the opportunity arose and I could afford to buy one, I, I did, and um, it was the worst thing I've ever drove <laughs> in my life. It's a great investment there. How many miles I, did I, you I drive? I doubled in my it? money in that car. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, what is it worth even more now? Um, it probably did go up again from what I sold it for, but it's probably come back down to what I, what I about sold it for, yeah. Yeah, but absolute tractor. It right. was a one-owner car. It had done 4,000 miles. It was black. It was UK supplied. It was a 5,000S, which in my opinion is the best variant because the anniversary, which came after that in the QV, was a bit stuck on bumpers. Like It was a bit too much... Horatio Pagani actually designed the anniversary version. So he just went mad mm. and put all sorts of different, and which, which I didn't really, I wasn't really a fan of. So yeah. I loved the 5000S or the yeah. 4000S, when the 400S. Um, 
I loved, I loved that look. So I bought it and I drove it once and about 40, 50 miles in it. And I realized that, you know what, you should never meet your heroes. <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. It was so bad, I actually sent it back to a service um, shop where I had the car serviced and spent 12 and a half thousand pounds. And I told them that they're terrible at their job. The car's a piece of rubbish. I that wasn't what you said I before camera. I can't, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can't believe that they've sent me the car back in this state. So they apologize. I will pick the car up and they, they pick the car back up. And the guy who's an expert, by the way, renowned best in, best in the country by far, um, he told me that he actually is one of the best examples he's ever driven. <laughs> That's just the way they drive. So I was, um, I never drove it after that. Yeah. But I still, I kept it. Yeah. I kept it for another two years after that. Yeah, you got Just because I loved it. Mm. I don't, I love, my friends loved it. And the Wolf of Wall Street had just come out and like that's semi kind of what really spurred me to, to buy it as well mm. I love that film. And it was just a talking point. You know, when someone's seen it in the showroom, They'd be like, oh, I've always loved them. Mm. I've always loved one of them. Until one day, the, a guy came in and he fell in love with it. And he said, you know, would you sell it? I said, well, not really. You know, it's, I like it. And I, I did like it. But um, it made me an offer I couldn't refuse. <laughs> so you've got the, pronounce it again for me. Pagani Huayra. Pagani Huayra. What other interesting stock have you got in? Uh, we've got a Bugatti Veyron Supersport, which is over there. That's a Sang Noir spec, which means black blood. Um, there's only one of three in the world. Really? The Super Sport is an extra 200 horsepower from the standard Bugatti Veyron. Wow. Um, and what sort of money is that? That's sold. It's sold for £2.2 million. Pounds. It's right. gone, going to Dubai. Yeah. I bought it from Dubai and send, sending it back out to Dubai. Oh, right. Yeah. That must be a bit of a faff, shipping a Bugatti from Dubai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just, just stick it on Emirates and it's there in seven hours. Oh, so it's not that difficult to ship a car no. over? Just put it, on a, it. put it on a plane. Yeah. Well, so you saw you got some nice GT2s I've down there. I've got three GT2 RSs downstairs. They, they have more presence in the flesh, don't they? Oh. I mean, they're it's a weapon, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And what sort of money are they? Uh, Three hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. Each. So um, I, I'm at the moment looking for another couple of cars. Yeah. Um, if you were me, mm -hmm. with what you vaguely know about me, would you get the SVJ or the GT2? <sighs> Tough call. Um, tough call. You obviously like, we had a brief conversation, Ooh. you obviously like Aventadors because mm -hmm. you've got one. Yeah. Um, the SVJ is the best variant of a, an Aventador. It, it, it's not the same car as an Aventador S or an Aventador. It's completely different in every which way. Yeah. Great car. The Porsche is just the Widowmaker. Like that <laughs> is, that, that thing will kill you. Well, it's that fast. Yeah, oh, it's 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 rear wheel drive, seven hundred horsepower. I mean, that's seven seventy, but it's four wheel drive. Yeah, you know that that's a that's a safe car. You know, you can right. you can really give them some stick. You got to know what you're doing, and with a turbo, seven hundred horsepower turboed. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, when it, I mean that turbo yeah. kicks in, and it's please God face me the right way. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like an F forty. It's like a modern day F forty. Yeah. I love the F40. Mm. Is that one of the best classics? It's a very iconic classic. Um, for me, what I like in a car personally, it's the opposite to what I look for in a car. It's quite unusable. It's very basic and go-karty. Mm. Um, it's... When you say unusable, what do you mean? Well, where, where are you going to take an F40? 
you know, it's, it's great to sit in your garage along with an F50, an F40, an Enzo, a LaFerrari, yeah. you've got the collection, look at me. Um, and these <laughs> days, that's what people really do. No one you really uses an F40. No. They're just, they're too low. Yeah. Uh, no power steering, no electric windows, nothing works. Um, there's nothing to work. Well, it's, isn't it just It's just a steering wheel, wheel with three stick. pedals, that's yeah. it. Um, but what an awesome car to drive. Yeah. Really, really underwhelming until the turbos kick in. Right. And it's just like someone, you've seen the film The Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Where they press the NOS tank. Yeah. And they just, they just shoot off. Yeah. Well, that's what the turbos in an F40 are like. And there's no, you can't predict when they're going to come in. That's why they're so dangerous. Um, so you go around a corner in third gear and you're giving it some because the, the car's not that fast without the turbos. Yeah. And all of a sudden the turbos kick in and that's when you just spin. Oh. And um, that's happened to me a couple of times. Has it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you really, cars like that, your best just run into the shops it's, and it's, back. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a, um, it's a great car. Uh, and back in 1987 when they came out, I mean, the same age as me, he's 35 years old. That must have just been just insane. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I wanted to see the kind of people, because there would have been some people who just dailyed one of them back then. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd love to I'd love to see who they were. Yeah. Didn't Rowan Atkinson just sell his F1 and he put like 40,000 miles on it or something? <laughs> that F1 had been written off twice. Yeah. And I think that it still went for 12. Yeah, yeah. It was cheap for an F1. Is it? It's sort of, when you get to that ilk of car, Mileage doesn't matter. If why not? Because go and buy another one. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, it's how, too how high many, mileage for me. All right. <laughs> how many did they make? They made ninety six. Right. So you you get what you can get. But the, okay, so th- those cars. I remember my dad having one of those and selling it for six hundred thousand pounds. I then remember later on us having one. A f- well, having a few that we sold for between two and three million pounds. Then they went from three to seven like that. And then they've just gone from seven to 20, like in three years. Mm. So that person who bought it at two is not selling it. Now it's worth 20. Nah. If it was worth four, you probably would sell it. Yeah. But because now it's worth 20, it's not for sale, yeah. you know, which is weird how your brain works with things like that. Mm. So, you know, it's finding one. Where can you go and find one? Mm. And that car, yes, although it's been, it's had more hits than the Beatles, <laughs> um, <laughs> it, uh, it was been repaired and it's been um, certified and restored by McLaren. Mm. So it's actually, whoever bought that car has bought a new McLaren F1. Yeah. Everything's new. Um, it's, just, it's just got a bit of a story. Yeah. So these cars you've had over 50 years... Do you not wish you just had a big place to store them and some of them over the years you just kept and never sold? Oh, of course. But in order to do that, you need an unlimited amount of cash. Of course. And you're in the business of selling cars, yeah, not holding know, cars. Cars make money So for, for us. So yeah. we turn them around. It's an engine. You know, you, I look at some cars and I think, oh, you know what? If I had a spare XYZ, I'd keep that. Tell us, which, which ones? Oh, I, I'm a sucker for Pagani. I love Pagani. Zonda. Right. You know, a, a Zonda Cinqua. Yeah. It's like 12 million pounds. Wow. You know, but we've had them and sold them at 2 million pounds. Yeah. God, if I'd have just had 2 million pounds then. Yeah. But I didn't. No. So, that, that, there you go, that story yeah. goes. Um, what, what other cars would you have loved to have kept? Oh, 
I, I love LaFerraris. I love Enzos. Um, my next car is going to be a LaFerrari. Yeah. Um, a, I had a black one here this year that I was toying whether to sell or not to sell, but my business brain kicked in and there was profit to be had on the car in a very mm. short period of time. And it wasn't like I was without a car. Um, you know, that was doing okay. Yeah. Um, so I sold it. And then afterwards I thought, why didn't I just keep that? Mm. You know, I'd have had, for me then, I'd have had like an ultimate two-car garage. You yeah. Know, a LaFerrari and a Huayra. Wow. But um, I'll get it back. Mm. What's the most expensive car you've ever sold? Um, I can't tell you the car because of um, disclosure contracts that we're under, but it was in excess of $40 million. Wow. Okay, so um, I don't understand these contracts. I'm not, I'm not in your business. What some people stipulate. Yeah, not to be, the car never hit the market. Right. It was, um, and it was a very, a very rare, a very rare car. So if I mention the car, then anyone who knows their cars would know the car. And why is that a problem for someone who's buying it or selling it to Well, know? the owner wouldn't want someone to know they got $40 million right, yeah. stuck in one of his very, very, very many cars. Right. So it's just people like to be discreet. Yeah. And they come to us for discretion. Right. Hence why when you come through the gates... They come to you for discretion, but they buy an SVJ. <laughs> yeah, to not yeah. use. <laughs> so obviously there's, there's, three, there's three sides to our business. There's your hypercar, modern supercar, hypercar side, which is your Bugattis, your Paganis, your LaFerraris, your, your stuff like that. Then there's our supercar, uh, which we sell every day. Turbo S's, Aventadors, um, Ferraris, SF90s, that kind of stuff. And then we have a, a classic um, department, yes, I, yeah. which um, is investment classic cars, predominantly um, from 1960 onwards so um cars that i find cars that were made and delivered before 1960 yeah. are too old right yeah too old because of major maintenance issues well they just there must have been a, a massive influx in, in in engineering around that time right. because you drive a car from 1957 and you drive a car from 1963 it feels like there's 20 years between them. Right. Um, just the car just drives completely different. You can jump in a 1963 Ferrari and it's a fast car. It's very capable and it's a great car to drive. You jump in a 1957 Ferrari and it's like, what's going on here? Yeah. Like, what, 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 what's, what's happened? Yeah. You know? So, um, and people that were born before the 60s, a lot of them are very old now. So a lot of people buy these classic cars because they didn't have them when they were younger and they always wanted one. Mm, which is why I do. <laughs> so, so the market now is moving in investment cars. You know, I remember 20 years ago, it was all 60s, 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 60s. But that was 20 years ago. Now it's 80s and 90s that oh. are really making the next step. Yeah. Because the people who grew up looking at a car that was from 1987, for instance, like myself, mm. couldn't have afforded it when they were 10 years old. But you know, when they're 35, 40, 45, they can afford it. Yeah. So they want to buy it. The guy who looked at a car from 1960 as a kid is lucky to still be here. So 
he's not in the market if he hasn't already got one. Mm. So that's why that, that end of the market's gone a little bit quiet and you see a massive influx in F40s, F50s. These cars have doubled in value in the last year. Right. In the last 12 months, an F40's gone from a million 1.2 to 2 million 1.2.4. Wow. And do you think that's going to be upward trend now forever or do you think that's got a correction coming? They go, they go in fits and starts. They won't, they won't, um, they won't come down in value. Right. They might stay static for a while and wait till the next jump, but they won't, they won't, they won't mm. come down in value. So, fascinating we're talking about the 1980s era mm-hmm. because I'm currently looking for a um, 911 Turbo in that. I've got one. You have. So I like the big whale, fin, bad boys, mm-hmm. 1980. Mm-hmm. Is it, no, that's 90, isn't it? Yeah, no, that's a 964. Yeah. Nine so six the, one, four. the one that you'd be looking for is a great car. It's, called an, it's a 930. That's it, the 930. I've got a Guards Red 930 Turbo. In this building? Upstairs. Oh, okay. This might be a fucking expensive <laughs> podcast for me. Can I have a look at it after? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's yeah. a great car. Yeah. Really, really, really good car. 80, 85,000 miles. Genuine, massive history file. Right. Uh, it's been in the, the same ownership for a long and time. And it's got the big Big whale spoiler. tail on the back. Yeah. yeah, lovely condition. Lovely condition. Lovely, really nice car. So if it, would you go more the 1980 or the 1990 age? Both great cars. Yeah. Both great cars. Um, Porsche made... Three generations of turbo that were great. 930, 964, and 993. Bang, 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 in a row. So the 993 came out in 1995. The 964 came out in 1990, 1989, 1990. And the 930, the turbo, the four-speed, came out in 1977, but went on until 1989. Right. Because they, they, they changed them then to a five-speed. Um, if you jumped in a 930 Turbo and drove it as hard as you could, you would be so impressed. What a capable car. Mm-hmm. Really, really good to drive. And for an old car, is it something that you can do 3,000 miles a year? In? Easy. You can do 3,000 3, miles in one journey. Really? They it's not going to sit in the garage for six months? Honestly, you could get in that car, you could drive to Germany and back, and you'd be like, wow, that was great. Wow. And it, that, you're just so reliable. Yeah. German engineer. I know I shouldn't have fucking asked you that question. <laughs> You've got you. It's, it's very. It's very dangerous asking me. Oh, you know, I'm in the market for this. There's a chance I've got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? So yeah, we've got a really nice one of those upstairs. Right back back in the in the zone. Um, how old were you when you sold your first car, and what was it? Like, do you remember? Uh, yeah. So the first the first deal that sticks in my head was a deal that I'd done completely solely by myself. So obviously when I started the business at 12 years old, I used to go over with my dad or with my brother and I used to sort of coattail them a bit and um, I never used to do the whole deal. So it'd be a case of, I might have spoke to the customer on the phone and then when it was time to go and look at the car, I'd go with my dad and he would just be there and I'd look around the car and then we'd have a chat about what we think it's worth and then, you know, I would have a conversation with the guy and then my dad would always sort of come in at the end if he needed to. But the first car that I remember buying solely by myself, was in 2001, 51 Ridge, BMW M3 and E46 M3. And at the time... He loves them. <laughs> at the time, they were like, they were like rocking horse shit. Like, you mm. couldn't get them. And they were, they, were, they were a great car. And I bought it from a guy in North London, Hampstead. So you were 13 years old. I was old. 14. Oh, right. Because um, it, it was on a 51 plate 
And that was September. an M3 at 14 years yeah. old. And I bought it and I drove it home. And I sold it on the way home. Did you and tell I, your dad you I, drove I, it home? I, yeah. Well, no, I didn't tell him. He just, look, we were... I mean, life was different back then. Yeah, just, we, yeah. we were given so much freedom as kids. Um, and <laughs> we, we, were given, we were given the freedom to kind of find yourself and fuck up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, have a go, you know? As in that, that was what your dad instilled in you? Yeah, have a go. Yeah. So... Um, Did he ever regret that? Did you ever crash one of his cars and he regret No, no. The only time I crashed um, a car was my own. Oh. That was the first time I crashed a car. And I've got a history of doing that, actually. Well, we'll come <laughs> to that later. <laughs> um, have a go. Yeah, yeah, have a go. So, bought the car. It was a situation where I didn't buy the car before I got to the guy's house. I got there, we, we managed to do a deal. Um, and at the time, it was checkbooks. Mm. You know, so wrote a check out. And um, I already had signed checks in because I couldn't sign a check at 14 years old. So you also I, couldn't drive a car. Yeah, I also, well, <laughs> by law. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? Fuck it. I can drive. I've been, I've been driving since I was 11 yeah, years yeah, old, yeah. like on private land. Yeah. And stuff. I thought, fuck it. So I just drove it back. And on the way back, I thought, have I paid too much money for this car? Because I've got no one's advice at this point. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I called, called the guy up who... Um, We've done business with for years. He, he used to be the head buyer of Sitna, you know, mm. the Sitna group. Mm. He's now taken a bigger role. And back then, you could used to, if you'd found a quiet week, you used to pick the phone up to a few traders and trade some stock and turn some money around or turn some stock around. You can't do that today because no one's got any money, but um, you could used to do that back then. And I called him up and uh, I sold the car and earned £1,500. And, and I, back then, that must have been a lot of money. Well, yeah, it, you know, it's it, it was... It was just. It, it what was did just, you sell for? Can you remember? Oh, I think it was forty-eight thousand. Right. Yeah. I think I paid forty-six and a half for it. Yeah. And, and making that sort of money was that pretty good? It it was the fact of accomplishment. Yeah. I had done my job that day. I'd gone out by myself, bought a car, earned money, sold the car, and tomorrow we're going to do the same again. Yeah. You know, and it broke the barrier. You know, I, I know I can do it. Yeah. I know to trust my own judgment. You know? And did your dad say anything to you about doing your first car deal? No. No, he doesn't. Me, me dad is not one for really ever giving any praise. It's just, it's what you're here for. And how does that make you feel? Good. You know, that's just the way, that's the way I am. Right. You know, it's, it, we, we, we were brought up um, in such a, such a great way. And like I say, my dad gave me so much... I mean, he, behind the scenes, he must have been having a fucking panic attack, thinking I've just sent the 14-year-old out with a load of signed checks. You know, you know yeah. what's going on here? Um, but, you know, he, he played it cool. We were, we were always scared to make the wrong decision, but at the same time, we were more scared of not making a decision. Mm. So, um, yeah, just go with it. You know, have a go. Mm. Just have a go. And that's what we've done. What a great story. 14 yeah. years old, 14 illegally years old. driving, yeah. making 1,500 yeah. a quid. Yeah. <laughs> Never, didn't expect yeah. that. And then, you know, 14 years old, I'd, 14, 15, I'd, I'd buy a car and, you know, um, I, I've been with my, my wife, I've been with her all my life, really, since I was about 16 and she was a bit younger. I used to go up and see her and pick her up in Ferraris yeah. and Lamborghinis and stuff. Wow. And 15, 16 years old. You know? Yeah, living and the she dream. she was a kid. She was a kid. She was, she was about 14 or 15 at the time. <laughs> let's, let's not talk about that one. Yeah. So all this stock, I don't really know a lot about how 
most car dealerships work. Do you buy these all cash and own all these? Mm-hmm. So you don't do like sale or returns or anything like that. The, the occasion will arise where sale or return would be the best um, scenario for the seller. Um, he might have a car that maybe I've even sold him and he just wants a bit more money for it. And I've said, you know what? I've got someone in the back of my mind that if the car was here, I could sell it and get you that bit more. Yeah. And I sort of do that. But, you know, first, first instinct when someone calls up is... The first thing they say is, I know you guys buy cars, mm. which is rare in today's world. So in the you car think that business. gives you an edge? Of course it does. Yeah. Um, I know you guys buy cars. I want to sell my car. And I'll always give them a price to buy. Because mm. that's why they've called. They want to sell it. Yeah. So I heard stroke read somewhere. I always like to ask face to face to corroborate that you have up to 100 million liquid ready to buy cars. Is that true? Yeah. Wow. More if needed. Yeah. You don't leave that in the bank, though, surely. From putting cars. <laughs> uh, so, is it liquid in cash or yeah, it's no, in it's stock no, or no, both? No, no, it's um, you know, it's it's. I I don't think we would get to the point where we would need to check if we had enough money to buy a car. So you're you're liquid enough to buy any car when ready. Yeah. And do you think that's that? Does that give you speed, therefore, advantage? I I can turn a transaction around for a car for however much you want to say in three minutes wow and it's picked up collected and paid that day there and then yeah you look quite it looks like you're quite particular in the kind of car you'll take oh i'm very particular yeah i'm very particular on the example not the kind of car the example i'm pretty much open to anything um and i buy some weird and peculiar things sometimes but it would be the best example right of that weird and peculiar thing you know yeah i've got a I've got a uh, 19, what is it, 1988 BMW 635 CSI Motorsport Edition in, you know what that He's, is. He yeah. loves BMWs. And yeah. like, that is a, that's, you know, the cheapest car I got. But and how much is that it's roughly? It's a fantastic example of one. I mean, you know, you won't yeah. find a better one. No. And I, I bought I it for that reason. And how much roughly? 50 grand. Yeah. So you're in the market at any price range as long as it's... Rare. The person I'll sell that car to is the person I might sell a car to for two or three million pounds who loved yes. that car. Yeah. And you know what? I'll just stick it in the corners. Yeah. I've always loved them. And I'm not going to find a better one than that. Right. So I guess you must have... Do you have... I won't assume I'll ask. Do you have many clients that you just buy to, sell to, buy to, buy, sell, buy, sell, just churn loads of cars from the same person? Of course. Yeah. Of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah, loads. Repeat mm. business is massive for us. Yeah. Um, you don't get repeat business if you don't give a good service. Because mm. um, obviously you... You get fucked once, you're not going to come back for more. No. Um, and we, we, I like to pride myself and ourselves on supplying a great service to people. And being, have I, have being I seen fair. that you're even flying a helicopter to go, to go see them? Yeah. yeah. Well, it depends how far they are away and how quick it needs to be done. <laughs> you know? And how much the car is, And maybe. how much the car is. If it, if, it's, if it covers the fuel in the helicopter, <laughs> then, um, then it's worth it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's repeat business is big. Mm. We've got, we got some really good, loyal customers. And they, they earn probably more money out of us than we earn out of them. Well, because of the, how they much the car's the right gone car, up. They just buy the right car, they take my advice. You know, I recently sold an SLS Black Series, a Mercedes-Benz SLS Black Series. Very rare car, one of 50 in the world, and this is right-hand drive. Rumoured to be one of six right-hand drive. And um, it was £750,000. This guy has no idea what an SLS Black Series is. He come to our annual barbecue, he had three drinks... 
And I said, you know what? I said, you should. That must be a profitable barbecue for <laughs> I you. Said, I said, you should buy that. He said, what is it? I said, it's a Mercedes SA. I said, how much is it? I said, 750,000. He said, Carly, I've seen these for 150,000. Like, come on now. Mm. No, trust me. If you buy that, it'll earn money. Trust me. How long do I need to own it for? I said, if I was you, I'd own it for three years. I think that car will be a million pounds in three years. Well, why don't you keep it? Because I'm a trader. That's not why I am. Why don't I keep that one and that one and that one and that one? Why don't I keep all of them? Mm. Um, I'm not a collector, I'm a trader. Yeah. And um, he bought the car three weeks late. Three weeks later, a guy come to see me to buy my Pagani. He came in his Zonda to buy my Pagani. What I didn't know, and he did, we had matching chassis numbers. So the chassis number in his Zonda was 007, as is in my car. And he came to buy it from me, thinking that I didn't know that. So when he was here, I wouldn't sell and my car. And you did know that. I did know that, yeah. yeah. When he was here and um, he, he couldn't buy my car, he, the did SLS... He, did he try hard to buy He it? tried very hard. Yeah. You know, I, the money that he offered, any other, any other car he would, have, he would have bought, but he wanted that one. And um, the SLS was parked next to it. And he said, okay, so how much is the SLS? I said, it's sold. He goes, fucking hell, I can't buy anything. Like, I've <laughs> come to buy your car, I've come to buy the SLS. I said, you know what? I said, the guy might sell it, but he wants profit. He paid seven hundred and fifty thousand. He wants profit. Oh, on so the you're car. open about what? Yeah, other yeah, yeah. Pre- of course, yeah. of course. You know, listen. Everyone has to understand that I have to earn money. Mm. If they earn money and I earn money and he gets what he wants, yeah. everyone's happy. Yeah. And I called my uh, called my guy up. I said, look, I can get you fifty thousand pounds profit on this car. You had it for three weeks. I told you to keep it for three years, but you got it for three weeks. I want 10,000 out of doing it. So so it's 40. And he said, but you told me to keep it for three years. I said, I did tell you to keep it for three years. I said, but you know, I've got to call you and tell you that this guy's offered more money. Do you want to sell it, yes or no? He said, no, I trust you. I'm going to keep it for three years. Right. So I had to go back outside and say, can't buy that either. (laughs) (laughs) Just a quick one. Yeah. Because we said something off camera and I I found that really interesting. So you got 007 chassis number. Mm -hmm. So does that mean you want to be James Bond? You want to be the hero or the villain? No, no, no. So I, I love I love James Bond. I love the James Bond films, but the villain is so much cooler than than James Bond. James Bond does not have an office like this. The villain has an office like this. this James cool Bond office. drives a really nice car, but he doesn't drive a Pagani. No. But the villain would. Yeah, yeah. James Bond drives what he's told, doesn't he? Yeah. The villain buys everything. That's 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 the point. He gets the. Better looking women, he has the better houses, the better <laughs> I've cars. i never thought about this. Yeah, think about it. I yeah. watch a lot of James Bond films. Yeah. The villain's always the coolest. Yeah. I might see the villain win one day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He never will. No. How do you sell anything to anyone? How do you sell anything to anyone? Well, the first, they've, they've, uh, they've got to be able to afford it. Because it's pretty hard to sell something to somebody who hasn't got the money. Um, I could try and find them the money. Um, which is what I do on a daily basis. I, I try and sell someone a car that can't really afford it. Do you it. mean That's like helping them with yeah, finance? Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. And we, we got a good structure where we can put people into cars that they didn't think that they could get into. Right. Which is, which is good. Um, I think a lot of it is, a lot of it's trust. And a lot of it is knowledge. If you came to buy a car from me and you asked me a question and my answer was, hmm, I'm not sure, I don't know, let me check. Well, instantly... For me, I'm, 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 I'm out of the picture then, from my point of view. Mm. Someone's knowledge and, um, you know, it's, it's, if someone doesn't want something, 
they're not going to buy it. But if they don't want something and they trust you and you've told them that they're going to earn a quarter of a million pounds in two years, if they do, it's a good chance they're going to buy it. Mm. You know, reputation speaks for itself. You know, it, I, I put customers into cars that earn money. Mm. Do you think there's a crash or a recession coming in 2023 and beyond? And if so, how do you think it affects your and the car business? Um, I think if you watch the if you watch the news and you watch the TV, then you will have it drummed in your head so many times per day that there is a global recession coming and the market's going to crash and everyone's going to die. Um, <laughs> but you know, I'm on the front line here. Yeah, I'm I'm buying and selling luxury items which should be the first thing that you either don't buy or you sell in times of crisis. And we've never been busier. And like I say, I'm not sitting behind a BBC desk telling people what someone's wrote on a script for me. Yeah. I'm on the front line. I'm, I'm, I'm in the game doing it every day. Mm. And things are great. Things are really good. Mm. I, um, at the same time, you can flip that. You know, we're dealing with the top 1% of the world. So will then people always have money? Yes, probably. Mm. Um, and maybe when things are going bad in the world, they'll have more money. Exactly. So um, there's there's two sides to, to seeing that. Mm. But I do believe what's going on in the economy at the minute is making things very, very, very hard for people mm. to maintain the same lifestyle as what they have been maintaining. Mm. What's it like working with family? Um, me and my dad are very close. Really, really, really close. Um, we don't see a lot of each other, even though we work in the same environment, we live next door. Um, <laughs> like today, he's not here. I don't know where he is. I've not seen him since Tuesday. I won't see him now because I'm a, after we finish this podcast, I'm away until Monday, so I won't see him. Um, we speak on the phone probably 50 times a day <laughs> um, about all sorts. Could be about cars where he's just had a great meal that he said that he thinks I should go to. Yeah. Um, it, it could be anything. Um, I, the thing is, I trust him more than anybody. So when you're working with somebody and you have that completely unconditional trust, it, it's great. Mm. It's great. If I was to work with anybody else, or I, there's always that element that has been programmed in me you know, just be careful. Yeah. With 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 him, if you say so, like yeah. whatever, let's go, yeah. let's do it. And he is exactly the same with me. He'll say like, what, "What have you bought? What have you bought today? Where's this car come from?" And I go, "Oh, I bought it for, how much you paid for that?" And sometimes he might be a bit out of touch on that car, and he would not have a clue of of why I've just given four million pounds for for something. And he's like, "All right, okay, good." Mm. What do you think we can ask for it? I think we can ask this. Actually, I've got. Some, I might have someone for that. that, that right. That's how we work. Mm. There's no. There's no questions. I, I trust his his ability. He taught me. He taught me everything. Mm. He's my teacher. When people go to school and they go to school until they're 18, 19, 20 years old and study business, they study business from a teacher who's never had a business and never been successful. My teacher was my hero, who is ultra successful, and I see the success every day. I want to learn off that person, mm. and I did. Is Tom Hartley a dying breed of old school entrepreneur? Yeah, yeah. I think he is a a, a fantastic example, um, and I, I hopefully, um, you know, someone would look at me in that way as well as a, as a, cause only because I I sort of carried it, evolved and and, and carried it on. Mm -hmm. um, 
the way the way we do business, the way we were brought up, our mentality, our mannerisms, our um, our beliefs, yeah, they're they're dying because it's it's very unpolitically correct, and not things now these days are very everyone's a bit soft and a bit left. They call it left mm. left field or woke, woke and all mm. that kind of stuff, which is fine, but you know. We're just from an, an old school generation of doing what you say, standing by your word, and being fair, and expecting the same in return. Mm. What I don't get is, if, I was to, if we were to go upstairs and I were to show you this Porsche and we were to agree a deal on the Porsche, I don't need to do a signed invoice with you. I shake your hand mm. and that should be good enough. Mm. But it works both ways. When it doesn't work both ways, what disturbs me is the person will say, Carl, you know what, I got home and I thought about it. And, you know, even if a contract has been done and a deposit has been paid, I thought about it and, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to go ahead with this car. I hope, I hope you're not upset, you know. And I'll be like, well, I am upset really because it's not, it's not what we agreed. You know, we mm. shook hands yesterday and we agreed. Yeah, but, you know, it's not a big deal. Well, no, from where I'm from, that is a big deal. Yeah, because you could have lost a sale from someone else, for example, but who it's, wanted it's, to buy it. It's, it's, it's your word. Yeah. It's your word. So when your word goes once, it means nothing. It means mm. nothing at all. And people find it absolutely, completely acceptable that that's okay to do that. But it's not. Harry, you're hearing this. So um, if any guest ever asks us to take any content out, we always do. Mm -hmm. And we could leave a little bit in. And I've had a couple of ding-dongs. One guy just lost his shit. <laughs> Would have been the best content ever. And he said, I don't want that going out. And we didn't publish it. Mm -hmm. And I've got some very famous and successful friends and I told them about it. And they said, you should have published it. And I said, no, because I looked him in the eye and said, I won't. Mm -hmm. And I feel really good that anyone coming on this show, if there's anything that they don't like and they're not comfortable with and they say to me, take it out, we always take it out. And I think in the long run, you don't shoot yourself in the foot. But I think now people want the clicks, the hits, the sensationalism, oh, yeah. don't they? Yeah. Yeah. You know, Carl Hartley smashed his office up. Watch here now. <laughs> you know. Well, if you say it, we might do it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, I um, I think I think getting back to the question, the the entrepreneurial, um, uh, sort of way of going on and belief from a young age. You know, they say my dad says this famously, you know, they teach you in this country to work, 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 work. And by the time you get to 60, you should be able to have enough money to be able to retire. Well, that used to be 50. Yeah. And now it's 70. Yeah. But, you know, work, you enjoy yourself when you're young. Mm. Buy these things and earn this money and do it while you're young. My dad can't do what I do. He's 60, he's 63 years old. He doesn't need to. He doesn't have to. I do. Because I'm hungry enough to do it, and mm. I need to do it, and I want to do it. He don't mm. want. He doesn't. He wants. To, he's. He's very. He's very driven. And believe me, if he has to get up at four o'clock in the morning and do a twenty-hour day, he'd love nothing more than that. That's mm. fine. But he does it out of love. Yeah. He does it out of. He dedicated his whole life to this business. Mm. That's what he does. He doesn't do it for money. Mm. He doesn't do it because he has to do it. Which is when you get into that mindset, it's dangerous. Mm. You know, I love doing this. I'm not going home. Mm. I love doing this. Well, your work is at home. So. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. you know, and I'm the same. I sit in this office till all day. If anyone who follows me on Instagram and see my Instagram stories, you know, I'll be, you know, half one, two a.m. leaving my office going home. Mm. 
oh, you've had a long day, mate. No, I've had a great day. Mm. I've loved ex- every single minute of what I've done today. Yeah, there's been stressful times and bad times and things have gone wrong. and But I just love it. Mm. You know, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. Mm. And we just talked about the old school entrepreneurial way, the new school. You know, all these car YouTubers, these people come out of nowhere with hundreds of thousands of followers. What do you think about all that? I think it's great. It's, 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 a, it's, it's a modern way. People have found a, 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 mar- a, a niche market to make money. Um, they give people what they want. People like watching them, subscribing to them and seeing their content. And yeah, I think it's good. Mm. I think it's good. I'm a fan of them. Mm. They, they, they do good stuff for our business. They love to come here, do some videos, some cars, and I'm more than happy for them too. And yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with, with any of it. It's, it's, it's 2023. If you were to tell someone in 1980, people are going to earn millions off a video in a car drive past, <laughs> you know, they'd say you're mad. Mm. But welcome to today. Mm. Are you in competition with your brother? Um, we're brothers. So I don't have a brother. So, yeah, so yeah. I think in everything you do in life, you're in competition with your brother because you you spur each other on. You know, he is he is probably as big a motivational figure as what I have because he could do it, I'm gonna do it. I wanna do it better. And hopefully he looks at me the same way. Mm. And it's it's great to have that. I know the question that you mean, are we in competition buying the same cars off the same person? Are we bidding against each other? Well, well the fact that he doesn't work here in the yeah, yeah, yeah. business. Yeah. So um, for those who don't know, my brother's got a, uh, my brother's in the car business. We used to work together. We don't work together anymore. We haven't done for six or seven years. Um, he's uber incredibly successful at what he does. He's very, very good at what he does. His knowledge is incredible of the cars that he sells. Um, but his cars are a slightly, I mean, we do cross over a little bit. Because when it comes to hypercars, LaFerraris, Bugatti, stuff like that, he keeps them in stock, we keep them in stock. But as far as his business is predominantly uh, classic cars and race cars. So he has some incredibly important ex-Nicky Lauder, ex-Nigel Mansell, ex-Damon Hill, ex-whoever, you know, Formula One winning cars. Um, And the knowledge that you'd have to have to understand the difference between that car and exactly the same one from exactly the same year, but it, this one's four times the price, is just, it blows my mind. You know, mm. it's, 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 a lot, it's a lot of knowledge. We're very different. He, oh. Well, he's, he's, um, he's very much, he loves the long game, you know. I, I, speak to, I speak to him every day or nearly every day. And he'll talk about a car that he's been trying to buy off a specific customer. And it's been going on for a month, two months. I'm like, I want to buy a car today and sell it today and move on to the next one. Forget about that car. That car's gone. Move on to the next one. Right. You know? So I think he's just got a lot more patience than me. I, um, I like to do deals every single day. Yeah. And are there any cars you've competed against each other with to buy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we're very open with each other. And everyone knows us who has these kind of cars. Whether they know us personally, they know of us. Mm. And, you know, it's a bit cheeky to call me up and offer a car to me and then the next call, call my brother and offer it to him. Um, So we talk about cars all the time together and he'll say, have you been offered this this week? And I go, I have actually. What a cunt. (laughs) 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 So and then we'll have a conversation and say, like, well, what do you want to do? 
Well, to be honest with you, I, I might have someone for it. Okay, well, look, you carry on with that one. If it don't work out, we'll revisit it. Mm. And, and vice versa, the Wait, next car will come. There's no go, point you pushing the price up for each other, look, is it? If I, if, I, if I can't be the most successful car dealer in the world, I hope he is, mm. you know? And if a scenario comes where there's a car for sale and it can be bought for the right money, I wouldn't, I would, if I can't buy it, I'd rather him buy it than anybody else. Yeah. I'd rather him have it. Um, so it's, uh, we, we talk to each other a lot and, you know, we, we sort of, well, you owed me that last one last time. I let you have that one. So you let me have this one, you know? So yeah, yeah it, it's, it's, we, we work together as well as we possibly could considering that actually we are both in the same business and we're both trying to do the same thing. Mm. Um, in competition with each other but you know what if tomorrow for the crack we decided to sell ice creams i we there'd be no one that i would be in more competition with than him mm. you know so that's that's just the way brothers are mm. make me want a brother <laughs> <laughs> my wife wants me to get a little brother for my little boy but i said it's not quite as simple as that you know, just <laughs> say I'm like a like a brother please <laughs> haven't you already got three i've got three i've got two girls and one boy right but she Surely wants to have a time brother. to retire now on oh, that i've retired front, i've hung it? my boots up <laughs> i've retired about the game i just go to the driving range now yeah <laughs> should we talk about um investing in cars yeah because um i've got all sorts of people that follow me some people probably got 10 grand to put in a car and some people mm-hmm. have probably got a million quid mm-hmm. to put in a car so um Forget the bubbly market, if we can call it that, long term yeah. that you've seen over a long time. What would you say is a good sub 50 grand car to invest in? You need to look at three things when buying an investment car. You need to look at um, the make and the model and the amount that were produced. Because at the end of the day, everything in life comes down to supply and demand. Harry, are you listening? So yeah. supply and demand. <laughs> yeah. So if, if there's a small number of this car made, then there's always gonna be more people out there than what there are cars. So that's a good investment to start off with. If you find that car and you think, right, it's quite low numbers, it's a good car, it's a bit of a sleeper, which means it's, you know, it's been overlooked throughout the years. Then you've got to look at the example. Okay, it's done 180,000 miles, it's 15 owners, and it was blue and it's now silver. Well, no, that's a shit box. So you stay away from that. <laughs> so no one's ever gonna want that car. Yeah. Um, so when you find a car that fits the criteria of numbers made and, and, and what it is, you then look at the condition and the history. And if they add up and you think, you know what, I'd buy that. I'd be proud to own that car. Um, then that's a good investment. Also, this is very key from my own personal experience. You have to buy a car that you like. Because if you bought a car for 50 grand, it was a good investment, but you didn't like the car. You'd sell it at 55 and you'd be like, done its job. I earn 10%. It's a good investment. And money gets me fuck all in the bank. Done its job. But if you like that car, it's not for sale at 55. It might be for sale at 70. And when it gets to 70, you know, I'd love the car, but 20 grand, 20 grand. So it makes you a better negotiator. Exactly. Because you don't need to get rid of it. I've, I've owned cars that I've had absolutely no connection with at all. And done okay out of them, but could have done better if, if it I was one it. of those. Yeah. yeah, you know, could have done better. Yeah, um, I've also owned cars that I should have sold, didn't sell because I loved it, but should have sold it 
but it worked out better for me that I didn't sell it. Right. You know, something will happen where I think, you know what? Me dad, me dad's got no attachment to cars at all. None. Zero. That make him good. Uh, yeah, that makes him like he would. I had that car for six days. I didn't have a driving license. I lost my license. I had it for six days with no driving license. Never drove it. One of my friends flew over from Monaco to see me. England was playing Wales at the time at rugby. And I don't follow rugby, but he does. He's Welsh. And he offered me £500,000 profit on that car in six days. And I said, it's not for sale. And he went, it really isn't for sale, is it? I said, no. He says, is it worth me bidding you again? I said, no. When he left, my dad said, are you off your head? (laughs) (laughs) Is there something wrong with you, son? I said, why? How much did you pay for that car? How much did he offer you? Why didn't you take it? Because mm. I don't want to. But you know what? It's gone up another 500 since then. Mm. So it works out. Yeah. But you should always buy a car that you love. Yeah. They're great tips. So can you give us something sub 50 you think solid? Yeah. BMW 635 CSI. <laughs> <laughs> Motorsport Just edition. under 50 grand. Yeah. I happen to know where there is one. Yeah. No, but something like that is a good car. Yeah. You know, an E30 M3. You know, these are sleep. These cars are... What does a sleeper mean? A sleeper means it's just been asleep. It's never done anything. It's never increased in value. Everything around it is woke up and moved, and that's just still sat there. Yeah. You know? So possibly underpriced. A a 964 Carrera. You know? These are pennies compared to what they should be. Yeah. What about the 100 grand mark? 100 grand mark brings you into a more modern car if you wanted one. A um, hundred grand. What could you buy for a hundred grand? You know, a, yeah, a, a nine nine three Porsche. It's a good car. Mm. Um, you could get a Ferrari three five five. I was actually looking at that as well as well as the um, the nine eleven Turbo. You think that's an all right car? Yeah, yeah. They're they're absolutely gutless though. Mm. They're like the slowest car from what it looks like it should move because yeah. it's a beautiful beautiful car yeah but they they're not the they're not the uh, they're not the most powerful thing but yeah good car look great really traditional ferrari looking you take the badge off and you show someone who's never seen a ferrari before mm. and you say what kind of car do you think that is and yeah. they say it's a ferrari yeah. you know um, good car okay what about quarter of a million sort of range you so say you're opening up now to 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 a lot of things really um, what would be the best car for... You could look at things like... Um, which you wouldn't even have to go to a quarter of a million, but look at... If you wanted to buy the best example, you could buy the best example SLS Goldwing for 200 grand. And when I say the best, I mean the three or 4,000 mile low owner, you know, um, silver, ceramic brakes, everything. That's a good car. That's a very good car. Mm. And then... Up to a million. Um, oh God, there's so many in between. Four five eight Ferrari four five eight Speciale, Speciale Aperta. Um, I think Ferrari they're better F12, than the Tista, would you say? Yeah, as yeah. an investment. Yeah. yeah, naturally aspirated, one engine of the year, four years in a row, um, low numbered, um, just a just a fantastic. Right. Car. Yeah, because I've had opportunities to get those sort of more lower numbers when I've bought the normal version of it mm-hmm. and I've not done it yeah 
Hindsight's a funny thing, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, I've I've bought and sold some great Speciales at 220 grand. Yeah. Um, cars that today that'd be worth nearly probably 400. Wow. So, um, yeah. and not that long ago. We're not talking, oh, let's go back back in the day. I'm talking like three years ago. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's, there's loads of opportunities out there. Mm. Loads of opportunities out there. So did you hear that about the limited editions, mate? <laughs> we discuss this all the time. I'm like, you've got to buy low numbers. Watches. Got to buy low numbers. Buy low numbers in watches. So I heard this. So today, um, we talked about this earlier, after I leave you, my Richard Mill has just mm. came into the store. When you, you that phone call, such a great phone call. <laughs> yeah. How long have you been waiting really, for that? Not that long considering, but mm. I've had some right influential people really back me with, with Richard Mill. So yeah. um, they've given me a, a bit of a boost up. Mm. Um, you know, hello, Mr. Harley. Good news. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then you have to pay for it. And you're like, oh, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, yeah. I heard the other day that Rolex make over a million watches a year. Mm. I think Richemiel, are they what, 35,000, are they? I They're heard, low. I then heard Patek Philippe makes 77,000 watches a year. Sounds about right. I think AP are just under that. Richard Miller, less than 8,000 a year. Are they? That low? Well, that's why everything's gone crazy. Yeah. Supply and demand. Yeah. There's 8 billion people in the world. Yeah. Would you have a quarter of a, quarter of a million? in the best watch or the best car? Me, I would choose car because that's what I do. Mm. Watches I don't really do for investment. I do because I can't treat myself to a car because I get so spoiled with, I find a problem with every car. So I think, oh, I wanna buy a- um, Cause you know it too well. Yeah, I've yeah. done loads of miles on them. I know them too well. You know, so something different like the Pagani is a different, a different thing. But you know, if I think to myself, right, I'm gonna go and chuck you know, 250 grand is what you just said. Yeah. Into a car. Well, there's loads of cars at 250 grand that I wouldn't buy. And I could find an excuse not to buy any of them if I wanted to. Mm. But a watch is what I like. Mm. So I'm going, in, I'm going into it slightly green, slightly not, not knowing, but I like it. Where somebody else would be going into a car with the same aspect. I love the way it looks, love the way it sounds. I don't care about they corrode around the wheel arches sometimes. That sticks in my head. God, I had one of these full of corrosion once. I had to repaint it and do this mm. and do that. Yeah. The engine light comes on. The back, the battery goes flat on it. Oh, I can't bother with that. Yeah. You know, where, where a watch I just go into like, you know, like a novice really. Mm. What's the um, most underrated supercar or hypercar you've ever seen? Underrated in value or... or, or However you want to answer it. Okay. Um, or reputation, you know, in terms of its performance or... Well, I can use this one car as an example and I'll explain why. I think a, an Aventador SVJ is undervalued. Even at, let's say, 400,000. You tell me what car you can buy for double, for double the amount that has the same performance and gives off the same street cred, curbside appeal, in looks, gets more attention than that car. Can you think of any? Say you've got an SVJ, you want to upgrade it. What do you buy? Well, that's why I got the Aventador. I don't have the SVJ, but I just thought, looks-wise, you, you know, everything above that is mil millions so, and really incremental. 
That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So you look at the best example of an Aventador, which is 400,000, and you've, you've got to go and spend a million pounds mm. for a and car that attracts more attention, that drives better, and it's questionable. Does it, yeah. does it drive better? <laughs> Probably not. Mm. Um, is it quicker? Probably not. Does yeah. it look better? Probably not. Yeah. So that's, that's one car that I can say, like, they're undervalued for what you get. Yeah. What about the most overrated car you've seen? Loads of hype. Cardin's egg. Really? Yeah. Ooh, why? Well, they're three and a half million pounds. Um, and don't get me wrong, I'm not slagging Koenig's egg off because they have, things they've achieved in performance are incredible. The speed the cars go, how quick they stop and everything like that. Mm. But talking from experience, from someone who's had a good few of them, I've given three and a half million pounds for a car that's been on charge for 10 days because it's every car here is kept on charge and you go to start it and it doesn't start. Why doesn't it start? The answer from Koenigsegg is it doesn't start because they just do that sometimes. Well, for three and a half million, I don't want it to do that sometimes, <laughs> you know? Richard Mille, uh, watch just doesn't yeah. start sometimes. It, it must, but what just stops? Yeah, yeah. that happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, so they're not, they're not overrated in performance. When they work, mm. Jesus Christ, they're a spaceship. I mean, the things that they achieve is, is ridiculous. Uh, but, you know, we're not going around the Nürburgring every day. Yeah. And we're not on drag strips every day. You're getting in a car and you're going for dinner with your wife and you can't because it doesn't start. Mm. Then if it does start, it's got an engine light. And I swear to God, their answer to an engine light is don't worry about it. No, for me, that's a worrying light. <laughs> you know, I don't worry about tire pressure monitors. They come on, they go off. They're sensors. Don't really care too much. When my engine light comes on, I'm thinking, oh shit, I shouldn't really be driving this car. Mm. There's something wrong with the engine. <laughs> like, so, you know, that's, that, that's, not what I, um, that's not what I'm in for. Really. Yeah. Has anyone ever offered you Bitcoin for a car? Yeah, I've taken Bitcoin for cars. Have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. Do you think that's going to be more of a thing in the future? you think you do more of that? Uh, not the way Bitcoin's going, no. Is that um, an issue for you, the fluctuation? Yeah, it's an issue for if you relied, if someone relied on taking Bitcoin for cars, then at the minute it would be difficult. Um, it was easy when Bitcoin was $55,000 a coin and, you know, everyone was a winner. You know, yeah. they could just transfer the Bitcoin from that account to that account and drive away in a Lamborghini and everything yeah. was fine. Um, now, number one, I would be quite reluctant on taking Bitcoin because it's very, very, very volatile mm. at the minute. Uh, and number two, I, I, out, I, I let it out. As soon as it comes in, it goes out. So I need to find someone to underwrite it for me. And no one would do it at the minute. No. Mm. What about cash? Has anyone come in with a briefcase full of oh, cash? I could sell every car in this showroom for cash. As in physical, As in pound notes. polymer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pound notes? Yes, I could sell every car, in the, but it's just money laundering. Yeah, <laughs> like, so it's really hard now, is it, to sell? Can, yeah, no, we, we've never done it. I mean, back in the day when you could, in the 70s, 80s, you know, that's how my dad used to do business. Yeah. He just used to go with the amount in cash. Yeah. And you used to count it together and then shake hands and then go and that no paperwork just it was what it was yeah um but today i think by law you're allowed to take nine thousand in cash 
Which is what I just, I gave to my um, assistant there a minute ago when we were setting yeah. up. Uh, someone came yesterday, bought a car. How much cash can I give you? I said, well, right. can I take nine? Go straight to the bank. Don't keep it. Yeah. They never keep any cash on the premises at all and can't take it. Mm. So how do you I wouldn't want to take it. Because what can you do with cash these days? Mm. If you had a hundred grand to spend in cash, you had to spend it tomorrow. Well, I'd, first first off, I would spend it tomorrow because in a year it's 87,000 yeah. yeah, or 85,000. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd immediately want to so spend it. So what do you do? It. Well, you go and buy, you I, buy clothes. I'd buy assets. What's an asset that you can buy, pay for cash? Well, I'd probably have to buy um, 11 Rolexes. <laughs> I'd have to split it up yeah, when I buy that. But, but you, can't, yeah. you can't buy them. No. Because you can't go to the shop and say, can I have 11 Rolexes? <laughs> no. No. No, but yeah. No, I'm, I'm on about, you've got £100,000 and you have to get rid of it tomorrow. Right. So you either turn that 100000 into fifty because you've bought a load of shit that's devalued as soon as yeah. you buy it. Or you can't physically get, you can't physically spend it. Can't buy a car privately? Nope. Yeah, so you, you could, I guess you could buy nine private um, Rolex. It's probably not a Daytona anymore, but You might have to pay too not. much for them though. Yeah. So your, 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 your 100,000 isn't 100, if you had to turn that 100,000 from cash into your account, you, you, you could turn the 100 into 50. Yeah, you, you Krugerrands, but go buy gold. But then, yeah, I suppose there's going to be a limit. You, you're going to have to get in the car and drive around the country and do it in nine cities, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very, 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 very difficult. You can only really eat and drink it. Mm. Do you think that's done because they're really trying to protect us from money laundering or because they want to work cash out of society? Oh, I think it's probably a bit of both. Mm. Probably a bit of both. Do, do you miss trading in cash? I always have some cash on me. I mean, not a lot, but two or three hundred quid. Just in case. Mm. I don't know. Just yeah. in case something happens. Yeah, your phone dies, you're stuck. Yeah, yeah, you know, you always need cash. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, if you stopped ten people in the street, in whatever street, you could go to Knightsbridge or you could go to Bradford, wherever you want to go. You stop ten people in the street. I bet eight of them haven't got a penny on them. Mm. Not one penny in cash. Everything's card. I went to Starbucks this morning and it's so funny because this woman really pisses me off in Starbucks. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why she pisses me off. But you order around the drive through and before the window is open for you to pay, she's got the card machine on like a broom handle and she's sticking it in my car. I ain't even got my window down yet. I don't want to pay by car. I've got a fiver. It's okay. You know? And she's car. And then you go like, oh, can you take cash? And you go like, oh, oh, it's cash. Like, the woman hates cash. I feel like saying, are you with the inland revenue or something? Like, what is going on? Um, and it's just normal. Yeah. And, you know, I went, I went into, before Christmas, we've got a property in London. And it's my dad's property. And I was staying down there. And um, my little girl wasn't feeling well. So I just walked to the local chemist to buy us some like cow pollen or cold and flu stuff and whatever and went to the till went to the till i don't know it could have been seven quid pulled out a tenner and because that's what that cash is for just mm. a tenner or five or whatever it may be and um she was like god i haven't i haven't seen cash for ages so i said to her what do you mean like how long is ages bearing in mind they're a chemist there was five people in the shop when i was in there she was like, three weeks? No one's gave us any cash for three weeks. Wow. Yeah. We do a quick fire round. 
okay. on the Disruptors show. You can take time if you want, but... Just, I'll try and answer as fast as I can. Well, not one-worders, but it's good for yeah. energy as well. So um, would you rather have one million engaged social media followers or one million pound cash sat there? Which one and why? One million engaged social media followers. Why? Because I will earn more than a million pounds cash off of them. And you can't do anything with the cash. <laughs> you can't do anything with the cash. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. One person you don't have as a client who buys cars from you that you would love to have as a client buying cars from you? Andrew Tate. <laughs> Great answer. <laughs> is it easier to tell, is it easier to sell 10 Fords or one Bugatti? One Bugatti. And why? It's a tenth of the work. That's what you said. <laughs> it takes the same time to sell a car for a, a thousand pounds. It does for a million Does it pounds. though? Yeah. Is that because you've got all the contacts though? Well, the, the guy that I'm going to sell the Bugatti to can afford the Bugatti. He's a, he's, he's a Bugatti client, okay? So he's in the market for a Bugatti, the same as the guy who's buying the Ford. I've got to find 10 of him though. I've got to find one of him. Mm. Still takes the same time to do, a, do an invoice. Still yeah. got to transfer me the money. Mm. It takes the same time. Mm. What is Plus the... I've got more experience selling Bugatti <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to use your word here. What is the biggest shitbox car you've ever been offered on Partex? Maybe you didn't take it. Oh, no, I'd take everything. Really? Yeah, I've had some proper shitters. Like? Spiker. Oh, I've not heard that name yeah, for a long time. That's a shitbox. And you took it? Um, Noble. That's a shitbox. Is it? TVR's a shitbox. Yeah. It? I mean, I'm going to say TVR wins. I told you about that. because That's I the ultimate... Is it? Shitbox, Because yeah. everyone says that. I love the look of the Tuscan. And again, when you grow up and you see... Yeah, because it was our um, era, Swordfish, it? that thing yeah, on John yeah, Travolta. Yeah. But, but is it really the dog that everyone says? Yeah. Yeah. Worse. Is it? It's, it's, it's under-described of a shitbox. So basically, you just can't drive the thing. Just rubbish. If it starts, you've got a good one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, this is really interesting at the moment. I'd love your thoughts. There's a big push to cancel Jeremy Clarkson. Basically, he said something about Meghan Markle. Yeah. In his usual mm -hmm. cutting humour style, he's apologised. Those apologies have been rejected. What are your thoughts on all that? Well, it, it goes back to, is there such thing as freedom of speech? Is there? I don't know, is there? Obviously not. I'm the interviewer. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not. Why not? Because he's just said well, what he truly feels. And, it, and probably a joke. Well, his personality is he's got a very dry yeah. sense of humour that is always grumpy. And that's why people love him because he relates a lot to the English public because, mm. you know, that's the English humor. Yeah. Um, I don't think he did mean it as a joke. I think he honestly really dislikes Megan, but there's a lot of people that dislike Megan. So, um, I don't know, he said he was sorry, which he obviously wouldn't have meant. <laughs> yeah. But he didn't really want to get canceled. Um, it was just his personal views. I think if you don't like what someone says or you don't like what they're about, you should just watch another channel and leave their channel to people who do like what they say. Mm. So you mentioned Andrew Tate. You, great answer, that one. Um, he's had six million of his cars confiscated in Romania to fund the investigation against him. What do you think about that? Uh, well, I mean, he's got some pretty serious allegations going against him, hasn't he? Really? I mean, they're they're you know they're they're pretty serious crimes if if he's convicted of them. Um, 
it's just what happens in that situation, isn't it? it I mean, would that happen in the UK? Someone's, yeah, of course it would. Really? Yeah. While they're suspected and not, it's not been yeah. proven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, I do business with a with an auction house in the UK called Wilson's Auction, and they basically have proceeds of crime. Um, right. So cars that go through have been taken from the customer due to proceeds of crime. Don't so even before they've been proven guilty. No, they sit in a they sit in a compound. Right. Nothing will do. The cars just they won't do anything with those cars. Well, I don't know what the laws well, they, are. They Romania. said apparently they said to fund the investigation. Well, but... if they want to call me to buy them, <laughs> <laughs> my number's oh one two eight three seven six two seven six two. Love it. <laughs> What's the best advice you ever remember receiving? Um, the best advice I ever remember receiving. I've had a lot of good advice. Um, the only person I can think of who's given me good advice is my dad. Um, because I think everybody else's advice has got more of an agenda behind it. Um, but um, make your own plans and please yourself. What's the worst advice you ever remember receiving? Invest in Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the timing. Well, <laughs> three weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> what would you regard as your biggest failure? Um, my biggest failure would be... My biggest failure is something that happens on a daily basis, and that's I don't spend enough time with my kids. How does that make you feel? Um, it, it, it's for a reason. I don't do it because I'm doing things that I enjoy more or, or whatever. I, I would enjoy nothing more than to spend time with them. But, you know, someone's got to pay the bills and someone's got to give them the life that I want them to have. Mm. So how does it make me feel? It makes me, it makes me think, is it all worth it? Is it, is it worth it? And then I think, well, yeah, it is. They will, they will appreciate what I'm doing for them. Mm. On the flip side, what would you say your biggest success is? My kids. What's your biggest regret? Um, my biggest regret. What did Frank Sinatra say? Regrets, I have a few, but then again, too few to mention. <laughs> Don't really have any. Mm. Don't really have any. Things that I've done that have been a fuck up, um, I'm pleased I've done them. You know, and things that I didn't do, I'm pleased I didn't do them. Mm. All right, then for a bit of fun, most expensive crash you've done? Oh, I've had a few. <laughs> I've had a few. I um, I put a Ferrari four five eight into News International building once. Oh, I put a Ferrari four five eight through um, the Meadow Hall roundabout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, your most expensive one. Most uh, that, expensive that, repair yeah, that, bill. Yeah, that would be that would be it. Yeah, yeah. It's completely um, totaled a. Uh, Cayman GTS and a Ferrari 458 Spider. Are you as good a race car or car driver as you are salesperson of cars? Not at all. <laughs> we wanted to know this. <laughs> What's your calibre in racing cars? Uh, out of 10? Yeah. Three. And selling them? Out of 12. 10? <laughs> I love it. So this show's called Disruptive. Yep. Um, it used to be called Disruptive Entrepreneur, and now we go wider, we've called it Disruptive. So what does that word disruptive mean to you? I like the word disruptive. Yeah. I think more disruption is good. Mm. You know, I like, to, I like to come into something and disrupt it, mm. shake things up. Yeah. And where can we find you? Where can we buy a car from you? Where can we follow you? Okay, so um, my Instagram is my most used social media platform, which is at Carl Hartley One, Carl with a C. Um, our website is um, 
uh, TomHartley.com. We also have a Tom Hartley Cars Instagram page, which is my dad's Instagram page. Um, he uh, he's very controversial on his page. I have to call him up sometimes, be like, "Dad, you can't say that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> people are gonna, then they're not gonna do well." Um, but yeah, you can follow us now. Also, we're on Twitter as well. I'm Carl Hartley on Twitter and Tom Hartley Cars on Twitter. I want to say a massive thanks for having us in your uh, amazing. I don't even know what to call this. This is like, a, to me, it's like a museum. More well, than it's, I like to call it like a, well, wait till you go downstairs. Downstairs is like the Batcave. Right. Just the lighting, the way it is, the cars. You're GT2 like, RS, GT2 yeah, do you know, RS, like, GT2 you know when, RS. You know when Bruce Wayne goes into the, with Morgan Freeman, they go into yes. the thing and he turns the lights on and bang, 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 and you see all these toys. Is that how you, I bet, I bet you had a part in designing this. Oh, I designed all of it. Yeah, like. Yeah, this glass yeah. floor in your. I used to park my Pagani on the glass underneath this glass floor. Right. So I could just look at it. Yeah. Then I thought, well, I could look at it there. So yeah, I just yeah. parked it there, and it was to get it out was a mission. Sometimes I think, right, I'm going to go there. I'm going to take the Pagani. Yeah. It was 20 minutes to get it out. Where there, it's just, it's just there. Yeah. So I want to say a massive thank you for having no, thank us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Nice to meet you. Thank you very thank much. Thank you, Carl.